Our scripture reading this morning is from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 through 21. Hear the word of God. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. What does reconciliation mean to you? Well, when I think of reconciliation, I often think of reconciling a bank account. And you know, it's often said that there are two entities in this world that never forget anything, the bank and the IRS. They know everything we do and we can't get anything past them. Well, years ago, a little funny story for you, I um, moved into a house, a new house, and called Comcast. I think it was still Comcast at that time. It might have been TCI cable, I can't remember. But I called and I said, you know, I want to set up the service. And I had to make a deposit as well as pay for the first month of service. So I think the check came to just a little over $200 or something like that. Wrote it down in the checkbook. And then the following month, I'm trying to reconcile the checkbook. And there's this gap there. And I'm short by 200 and some dollars. And I'm, okay, so I'll let it go. Next month, still that same amount I'm off by. Well, after a while, I just immediately started adding the 200 I think it was $206 back in. And after a year, I finally called the bank and I said, hey, look, I wrote this check and I gave them the check number. They said, we don't have it. It never went through this bank. So I said, well, do I call Comcast and tell them that they didn't charge me? And I thought, no, I'm not going to do that. That's their fault, right? I'm getting that money back. And I said, no, I'm going to do the right thing. I called Comcast and you paid your bill. I don't know what you're talking about. So either I did not actually write a check or it got lost somewhere. I could not reconcile. Now, in the ministry of reconciliation, God doesn't forget. We often say that God forgives and forgets. Or we tell each other, forgive and forget. Is it easy to forget something that happened to you? Is it easy to forget something that you did? It's not always easy, is it? But God does forgive very easily. And that's what the ministry of reconciliation is all about. It allows us to make a comeback from when we failed. And have we failed? Oh, yeah. I know that we can all think of a time. And I'm not trying to get you to remember something awful that you did in your life or something maybe that you're doing right now that you wish you weren't doing. We all have moments like that in our lives. And we oftentimes think, well, God's not going to forgive me for this one. And we might even try to hide from God at times. Jonah did this. He tried to hide from God. God said, hey, go, go to Nineveh. Tell them that I want to save them. 
get them to repent. And Jonah's like, not doing it. And he tried to hide from God. And God found him. And it didn't work. When we try to hide from God, we can't. God's not going to forget. He's not going to lose a check like the bank either lost it or Comcast lost it. Who knows how it got lost? All I know is that I got another $206 about a year and a half after I wrote a check. And that was kind of nice. It was really nice to add that back into the checkbook. But God doesn't forget. He's not going to say, oh, yeah, is that little thing you did? No, it never happened. I forgot all about it. But what God does do through Jesus Christ is the Bible tells us, as Paul told us, God himself is inside Jesus reconciling us back to God. Think about that for a moment. It, when Paul started out, he says, we, we consider others in a worldly fashion. And we used to consider Christ this way too. He was a man. He walked the earth. We consider him in a worldly fashion. But we no longer do because we know now that he died and rose again, and that he himself was God in the flesh, reconciling us to God. In reconciliation, we take what was spent and compare it to what we have, right? And then we find the gaps and we try to add the two together. And we want to come up with a zero balance so that we aren't missing any money from our bank account, but we're also not overspending money that we don't have. So in reconciliation, God says, here's the things that you've done. And here's nothing. You had nothing to begin with. So essentially, we're taking from God and we have nothing to give. But God says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fill in that gap for you. I'm going to bring Jesus. I'm going to fill in that gap. And all that that you've spent that you should not have spent, I'm giving it back to you. All those things that you've done, I'm clearing them out. I'm filling in that gap and making your balance zero again so that we have full reconciliation. And the way he does that is beyond anything that we can really imagine, beyond any words that we can say. We can try to describe it. We can preach it. We can teach it. We can talk to people on the street about it. We can tell them how much God loves us. But do we really know how, through the shed blood of a man, God reconciled the world to himself? Just like I told the kids this morning, we might not be able to see it, but we know that light is real. When I shine that laser on the wall, they could see the little red dot. They knew it was real, but they didn't see anything coming out of the laser pointer. We don't see how God does it. We, don't, we can't look back. We weren't there, first of all, when Jesus died on the cross. We don't see how God works his algebra or geometry or, or his magic or whatever we want to call it, his reconciliation. But we know, because we know, because we know that God has reconciled us to himself. And it's just like a parent-child relationship or, or a friend or anyone that you dearly love, a spouse, anyone. If they do something wrong, chances are because of the love you have for them, you're going to forgive them doesn't necessarily mean you'll forget what happened, but you will 
most likely forgive. And I know my, after my last sermon, I had my son contacting me saying, uh, I think you got that story wrong when I told a story about him. So I don't want to use my kids as an example today because they might be watching. But when a child does something wrong, the love we have for that child says, don't do it again, but I forgive you for what you've done. We don't take our children the first time they do something wrong and throw them out on the street and say, let somebody else take care of you. I know you want to do that sometimes. You want to say, let somebody else take care of you, but we won't really do that. We would never do that to our children. God doesn't do it to us. When we make mistakes, he doesn't say, oh, I'm done with you. Get away from me. You're never getting into heaven. No. He says, I paid that price for you. I paid that price for you. And I'm going to allow you to come in and be with me. Because that's love. So God himself in a human being. So that he who was without sin became sin for us. See, there's a little insight into how it might work. Though we don't really know for sure, we just have to accept it on faith. There's a little insight right there, and it's a beautiful thing. That God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. So Jesus, who had no sin in his life at all, perfect in every way, never made a mistake, never did something against what God said, ever. Therefore, he deserved not to die because the wages of sin is death and he deserved not to die. God said to him, you will rise again. But in so doing, he took all of our sins. And Peter tells us this. He tells us that he took upon himself on the tree, took our sins so that when he died, our sins died with him, went into the ground and came out. He came out without them. There is a festival that the Jews celebrate every year that portrays this. And they actually do something in their tradition that shows the reconciliation of God in Jesus Christ. And yet they don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah. It's called the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And it ties right in with the Passover. And we know that on the Passover is when Jesus died. But what they do is they take Passover, after they have their Seder, they take a little piece of bread called the afikomen, and I hope I'm pronouncing it properly, and they take it and they wrap it up in a napkin, and they take it in their backyard, and they put it in a hole, and they bury it. Okay? As if they are burying the sins that they had taken on throughout that past year. Does that not sound like what Jesus did? He took our sins, he died, they took the bread of life, they wrapped them in a linen, put them in the ground, so that the sins would be gone. Now, they don't go out and open up the napkin and find that it, there's nothing in there, but I'm sure after a while, you know, creatures of the ground would eat the bread and it would be gone, the napkin might still remain. But it shows you how God took our sins upon him into the ground so that when Jesus came out, our sins are gone. So those mistakes you've made, those mistakes you're going to make, 
are already gone. Gone. It's as if God said, look, you got a $206 hole in your checkbook. Here, you can just go ahead and add that back in. You got a zero balance. It's all taken care of. Reconciliation is good. And God did this because of his love for us. So that raises the question. A lot of people, when you tell them this, they'll say, oh, okay, well, I mean, guess that means that if my sins are already forgiven, I'll just go and do whatever I want. I'll just be whoever I want to be, and I will do what I want, and I'm going to live it up. No, that doesn't work that way. Because there's part of it that happens to us. God forgives us because we believe in him. And when we believe, he changes us. And when he changes us, we don't want to do those things anymore. So if you're wanting to do those things, saying, oh, I can just be free and do whatever I want, you might want to ask yourself if you really believe that God died for you. Because I'm going to give you a little story. You drive out of here today, state patrol sitting down there, and you, you got to hurry up and get, you're going to get to lunch. You want to, you know, you, I, the preacher went too long, and you, you fly down 147, and the state patrol pulls you over. It says, here's a $100 ticket. How am I going to pay a $100 ticket? Now I have $100 in the hole because I didn't plan on getting this ticket. And I drive by, I'm coming by, and I say, I'm not going to pick anybody out, but I'm going to say, hey, how are you doing? Oh, you got a $100 ticket. You know what? Give it to me. I'm going to pay it for you. Am I not going to be your best friend at that point? Are you not going to be happy with me and say, wow, you paid my $100 ticket. My balance is zero again. I've been reconciled. I don't have to pay a thing because Pastor Phil took care of it for me. Yeah, and you might want to take me to lunch or something or do something nice for me, right? You're not going to say, oh, I'm going to do this every week because Pastor Phil is just going to take care of it for me. Because eventually Pastor Phil's going to say, no, I'm not paying it this time. You didn't learn your lesson. That's why we can't just go out and do whatever we want. What God has done for us makes us want to do for him. It, doesn't, it should never make us want to abuse what he has given us. Because when we do, yeah, God can say, look, you know what? You're clearly not getting it here. He'll still probably, he'll, eventually, he'll bring you around. Because God wants to lose no one. But what I'm saying is, don't play with fire. You might get burned. Let's not play with what God has given us. Let's understand that he's changing us. Yeah, we're going to make mistakes, but he's changing us, and he's growing in us, and he's building a relationship with us, just like a friend. He's not a tyrant. He's not someone who's waiting to zap you with lightning if you make a mistake. He's loving, kind, and caring, reconciling us to him so that we can make a comeback whenever we fail. So tell me, is that not wonderful news to hear? Does that not make you want to love God more? Does that not want you to try to stop sinning? But we still do, don't we? And we feel bad. 
But what we got to remember is that, yes, we are human beings and we are going to continue to sin. But when we do, someone is speaking on our behalf. Someone is going to reconcile us. Someone has already paid for those sins. Somebody's paid that speeding ticket. Somebody has taken that beating. And that someone was Jesus Christ who died on the cross for us. So when we leave here, let us remind one another who Jesus is. Let's tell others who he is. And together we work together, we can, we can make a difference in our lives and in other people's lives as well. And we can all be reconciled to God. Now, I'm not recommending that anybody try to not pay Comcast and say, oh, well, I sent in the check. I mean, I got lucky that time. It doesn't always happen that way. And ever since then, I've had to pay my bill, and they always take the money out. I'm still waiting for the day when they forget again, and I can get that $200 back again. But so far, it hasn't happened, and that's been probably 12 years ago. So do pay your bills, because the IRS doesn't forget, and the bank never forgets either. They know how much money we have. That old monopoly tale, bank air in your favor, collect $10, doesn't really happen. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for reconciling us to yourself. Thank you for making a difference in our lives and building a relationship with you, that we can know you, we can trust you, and that we can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you forgive every one of our sins. Thank you for making our balance zero once again. We ask all these prayers of you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.